Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike Lepre, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 105 of Screwball. We are chugging along here with the 2022 season. We are on to our third uh, week of doing Screwball for the season, as well as the third week of baseball. Um, and we have uh, some, you know, big, one particular big moment to go over. And some other uh, controversies and, and just some general uh, stuff to discuss, as kind of we do with the other weeks. Um, so for the uninitiated, we usually, uh, kind of jump into, uh, week's news. We kind of do a, we generally kind of try to round a topic around whatever's going on in baseball and we like to, you know, go into who's hot and who's not and go who's hot teams, you know, hot players and stuff. So, uh, so with that, let's jump into the first, uh, segment we do, which is the news. And the first piece of news, which is the biggest and probably on everyone's mind is Miguel Cabrera's 3000th hit. So over the weekend, Miguel Cabrera became the 33rd member of the 3,000 Hit Club uh, with a single to right field. He also became just the 7th player to have 3,000 hits as well as 500 home runs in their career. Now if you remember uh, last week, I think by the time we talked on it, he had he, I think he was 6 away or something like that. Um, and he had a big series against the Yankees in which he came 1 away. I think he had one game where he had 3 hits, so he came really close. Um, then they had the controversial uh, walk. Well... I wouldn't say it was controversial because it was the right call, but, you know, obviously the fans there weren't happy. Uh, and Tigers fans at that were, weren't happy. So, you know, coming off of that controversial uh, walk where he was one hit away and he could have gotten it, he comes in the next series and gets his, his 3,000th hit and puts his name among the 33 best hitters and you know that you could ever play baseball. Um, and on top of that, like I said, just the seventh player to have 500 home runs as well as a 3,000 hit. So very exclusive club there. Uh, Miggy is, you know, uh, I think it goes to goes without saying at this point that he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, at least he should be. Uh, seven players to ever play the game, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. It just doesn't happen all the time. So a uh, very cool milestone for him, very cool milestone for the Tigers who already have a great uh, history, you know, with, with uh, guys like Ty Cobb and Al Kaline. So... Uh, great for him, great for the Tigers, and uh, it's just a great moment that we don't get. You know, I feel like we've been kind of spoiled. We've gotten a, quite a few of them in the last 10 years or so. But, uh, you know, overall, uh, we'll get to the topic, but it seems like, you know, they're, they're still few and far in between. So congrats to Miggy. Uh, number two we have here is uh, I just wanted to discuss Angel Hernandez, even though I think we've had other episodes where we talk about him just being really bad. Uh, so... Last night on Sunday, last night as of recording this, by the way, so Sunday night baseball, there was a large baseball conversation once again centered around uh, umpire Angel Hernandez. After all night, as he usually does, having a more than generous strike zone, the strike calls kind of came to a head with Kyle Schwarber being rung, rung up on an outside pitch, kind of low and outside pitch, uh, caused him to be ejected. Kyle Schwarber really went nuts. You know, he threw the bat down and got right in Hernandez's face. And, of course, another conversation then was struck up about needing so-called, uh, you know, robo-umps in the game because you have guys like Andrew Hernandez who just can't get calls right, you know, and are still, for some reason, just still playoff umpires, which is incredible. 
so I just kind of wanted to bring up the, you know, Angel Hernandez and, and, uh, you know, the, the idea of, of the, you know, strike zones and, and knowing your strike zone with an umpire, but just the fact that you have someone like that in baseball who can also sue the sport, sue the league, you know, in a whole separate case and, and be kind of a target already for the league and still uh, be one of the bigger well-known umpires. Yeah, get, so get the big jobs. Yeah. The it, series. Um, so it's, it's, I just wanted to bring him up cause he's just so bad. Yeah. He was terrible. I watched a game. He called a strike that was, I believe 6.46 inches outside the strike zone. Not many people were happy. Kyle Swarber, I thought his argument too, which is, you don't really see much is the fact that he argued for both teams at multiple points. You see him point to the dugout and the other dugout. He's like, listen, you've been terrible. You can read his lips. You've been terrible or crap or shit, whatever you want to call it exactly. I'm sure there was a couple F-bombs in there as well. <laughs> For both teams, both sides. You see him go, like, both sides here. Mm-hmm. He was like, you've just been bad. Yeah. Everybody. Like, just, you know. It's okay to be outside the strike zone. Just be consistent. And he's just outside the strike zone, not consistent. Doesn't care. He smiles about it. He's terrible. Yeah. You know, that's... Then we'll be could do what they want to want. You know, they want there, but he's awful. And yeah. he knows it. And he likes it, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess he likes his name in the news. Being Even... even um baseball writers and and uh and people on you know lb network like the 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 faces of of kind of the conversation even i saw them uh reading comments and and watching lb network and even they were like he's terrible like and usually they're a little bit more they 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 kind of you know wash stuff away and kind of say well you know and they kind of have a little bit pr tone to it they were like he's terrible even even in the base sumps the other day he called uh kikuchi for the for the blue jays he licked his his fingers Mm -hmm. while he was on the mound Yes, that's a rule. It's automatic ball, you know, unless somebody's on base to walk. And they usually never call that. They'll say something to him. Hey, just make sure you're kind of off the mound when you do that. Mm-hmm. And he stopped the game and, and called the ball. Made it a point to call it. I mean, technically by the rules, he's not wrong, but he's the one making that call. It, it makes you like, this guy's already a problem. <laughs> right, right. So, it just draws more attention to him. Yeah. You know? well, people like to complain about a good old Joe West, but... Uh, I thought Joe West was a good umpire. He consistent and didn't take shit. And you got this guy who was just the worst umpire. He yeah. Couldn't ump, he couldn't ump a T-ball game right, Angel Hernandez. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's a superhero umpire. <laughs> you, you're, he acts like you're going there to watch him. Which is the complete opposite of really what you should be as an umpire. You should almost not even know he's there. You know, yeah, just well, make the right calls. There. Yeah, I know. You're better off just having <clears> the players ump, their, ump themselves. Than having right. that. And he's a home plate umpire. He shouldn't be the home plate umpire ever. He should just make it a rule. He can't be a home plate umpire. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure his other umpires, crew crewmates, do not like having him on there because they get yelled at all the time too. Because mm-hmm. they got to come over and break it up because he don't say nothing. He'll want to fight back, Angel Hernandez, and the other guys come over and they're like, yeah, and they're like, well, he's awful. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not really gonna argue with you. Yeah, um, again, I just wanted to bring him up because it's he does often cause a conversation, and again, I think that he, uh, <laughs> I think he just fuels that robo ump argument. Uh, and I, yeah, I he's think the robo ump, Mister Robo Ump rule. <laughs> Yeah. Changer. I, I, yeah. Like, the, you know, Rob Manfred probably points and goes, see, he's terrible. Wouldn't you wish he had a robo-ump? You're like, no, not really, but I don't like him well, either. He is terrible. He got that <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, he got one part of it right. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see him more, and we'll probably see him in the playoffs, which is even worse. So, mm-hmm. uh, be wary if you see Angel Hernandez in your game while you're just watching your team. Off. Yeah, just, yeah, you might as well just get ready for a circus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last uh, little bit here before I uh, let Frank get into his piece of news, uh, I just wanted to bring up, the Yankees Guardians game on Saturday, in which the uh, kind of a circus at the end of the game, uh, the ninth inning, where you know uh, it started really with Stephen Kwan in the outfield getting you know crashing into the wall and kind of getting banged up, 
kind of getting his bell rung and some fans having some choice words and, and we're kind of, I, I think from reports, they were like almost like happy that he got hurt. And then Miles Straw and Oscar Mercado, the other outfielders for the Guardians, came out and, and Miles Straw even got right in the fan's face, um, which, you know, isn't the most, you know, it's not the best thing you want to see from a player, but, you know, I can't imagine what the fan said for him to want to do that. So I can't imagine the fan was very, <laughs> was very eloquent with his choice of words either. So then the Yankees end up walking it off. Clay Torres hits a ball in the gap in the game, and some trash gets thrown on the field, and it just causes kind of this conversation around, you know, fandom, how far does it go, and, and you know, obviously the Yankee fans, like, you know, people turn their ire to the Yankee fans because they're always a big target. So it kind of caused this big conversation, like, again, especially about fandom and how far that goes. So uh, it was a big, really big piece of news when, when it happened, and, uh, you know, a lot of Yankee fans came out like, hey, that doesn't represent us, and Guardians fans obviously were not happy with the Yankees, and, um, you know, it's I, I think that I would like to say I've been to many baseball games and never felt like I want to throw my $20 beer at someone. You know, it's a, or no, my not on the field. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, not in the field. I'll but talk about a guy yelling in my ear next to me. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I never felt like, boy, Oscar Mercado is really out there, and I better throw my my really expensive beer at him. No, but, no. Yeah. Well, Joey Gallo was in the left field. I thought I'd be throwing at him. Oh yeah, yeah, the way he hits. Yeah, and actually the way he feels anymore. But yeah, um, this guy throw at him. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a bad scene, and and it sucks that. Uh, that that does happen, but it does happen. You know, fans get rowdy. You never really know with any stadium what kind of fan you'll get. He gets gets drinking in a Saturday <laughs> afternoon game and all hell breaks loose. Well, I guess Oakland that. fans, you know damn well what's going on there because there's only like seven of them at a game anymore. That's uh, they had uh, two thousand, I believe, mm-hmm. the other day, right? Yep, it was game. it was a home like, op- home opening series. It was yeah, two thousand people. Yeah, good. It's just yeah, <laughs> solid. Yeah, solid numbers right there. <laughs> That's good. So um, yeah, some some other news here. We have the Royal City Connect. They announced that thought the jerseys were pretty cool. It's heritage, old fashioned to the to the fountains. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we seen Toronto. I think the first kind of first time so far that we've seen players go to Toronto here for Boston. At least it's for Boston now. That COVID's kind of been an issue. They got two players they couldn't play. They're on a restricted list because they didn't have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So that's something to take note of. It's kind of a Toronto advantage going forward. Yeah, it's really. Something to take note of, mm-hmm. especially at the playoffs. You got to be a high seed in the playoffs if they get that far, and that could be a big advantage. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've seen Michael Conforto rolled out for the year with shoulder surgery. We already knew he was going to miss some time, not sign anywhere, but that's a big free agent that teams were interested in still. Yeah. To, up to the day he decided to get surgery, so that's something to watch out for. And um, we also seen Voight uh, slide in the home plate, which I thought many of the Reds and I think a lot of fans thought that was pretty dirty. I think his idea was to slide into the catcher as much as he could possibly can legally. And I think he went way overboard. I mean, I think he hurt himself. Yeah. Get to, he went, he ended up going on the IL, but he stopped dead. Was all spread out, lunged, like hyperextended his leg, getting to the plate. But he really dropped an elbow and tackled the catcher, Tom mm-hmm. Stevens, who was also placed on the IL. In a dirty play. It was a dirty play. He slid into the guy like with his hands like trying to hit him. It was pretty weird for him to do. And you really didn't hear much other than some fans, Yankee fans and stuff you see on Twitter, people that are crazy. You know, they they always support guys. I mean, that was obviously pretty dirty. But I didn't really see many Padre players stand up for him either. They really didn't talk about it. No. It wasn't like they called him out. They just didn't talk about it, which is kind of showing there. It's an indication in itself. No, I'm not saying he really tried to hurt the guy. Just trying to get the run in. But all in all, it ended up being like, hey, let's not do that. 
Yeah. So definitely. Um, but that's something to watch there because it was. Um, I, I guess you could say it was by the rules, but it was just not what you want to see. No. No. If you want to have those rules. Yeah. Especially yeah, since they're trying to cut down on the injuries and contact at bases. And to his head. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the last thing is the topic of the day. We see Miguel Cabrera get 3,000 hits. Um, is 3,000 hits really reachable anymore? Is that one of those, you know, not unbreakable records, you know, the 511 wins? But really, is it, is it there? That's like the 300 wins. Like, is, you know, really not going to see 300 wins, I don't think, ever again. Mm. And then maybe these lasting couple of guys, Kershaw or, or Verlander, or maybe guys like that who still kind of started in that, that era. And Other it, than you get past a couple of them older older players, we you know we're not going to see that really much. Are we going to th- see three thousand hits anymore with the way the baseball is played, with the games possibly s- games coming off the schedule, going back to a hundred fifty four game schedule, guys sitting out as much as they do, and the ha- batting average not being high, the you know increase in launch angle, home runs, strikeouts, the increase in athleticism on defense, the increase in pitching, uh, is three thousand hits really plausible and, uh, I, I, and don't get me wrong I'm not trying to sit here and say that it's always been plausible it's 33 guys out of 12,000 13,000 14,000 people that have ever played the game so it's not like it's, it happens all the time but you got a lot of guys who are oh you're on pace they're on pace they retire early or they have some injuries or they don't want to play no more or they get close are we ever going to see that past maybe some of the guys that kind of started in that earlier generation I don't know yeah. the guys are coming up earlier and their careers are staying longer. You never know when you get guys like Franco coming up at 20 years old and Acuna coming up at 20 years old and, and Soto coming up at like seven years old. And it, yeah, <laughs> these guys, sure, they come up so young, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to play and stay. And then teams are a little bit more cautious with them. They put them on the IL more, you know, medical terminology and, and, and equipment is better. So you find out about these injuries and give them more time off instead of the bumps and bruises and play through it. Right. I, you know... I think it becomes very tough to see 3,000 hits consistently. Yeah. Or even see guys get close to it going forward. I think Altuve has a shot at it. Again, started kind of in that back end of that generation. Um, I mean, you can look in Cano and guys who are kind of close, but they're not going to get there. I really doubt Cano maybe a very outside chance. Right. You know, guys like Arenado, again, it kind of started towards the back end of that kind of generation. But do we really see 3,000 hits? Do we see a chance of that happening consistently? Or like, hey, that guy has a shot. This guy has a shot. It's... They're going to be close. Right. I really don't think so. I think 3,000 hits is almost by the wayside. And, yeah. And then the, I guess you could say the forgotten, forgettable players, I guess you could say. Well, it only takes bad, one bad year sometimes, and these guys are gone. Yeah, they're that's replaced. True. They're replaced by a young guy. They're, they're platooned or, you know, they're just not signed anywhere. The analytics is like, eh, he had one bad year, and they're almost just thrown by the wayside. Right. You don't have guys who give three, four years, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they've been struggling a little bit. They'll bounce around to other teams, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, one bad year, maybe one and a half year, and all of a sudden now he's a backup. Now he's fighting for a job. Now he's only fighting playing time. Very true. You know, I don't know. You know, we don't – I don't know. I, I just don't know if 3,000 hits is going to be as seen. Yeah. I think uh, you have a better chance of maybe seeing the higher home runs. Yeah, definitely. The five, 500 definitely. home runs and – but I mean, again, like RBIs, you're going to see the high guys in RBIs. I don't, I don't think so. Guys aren't on base. Yeah. I mean, with the shift maybe changing, maybe that helps. Pitchers are still getting better. Players are still getting faster in defense. Right. Scoring's getting tougher. 
consistently tougher. You know, I used to be kind of more of an open book scoring-wise. Cumbles have a definition for error and hit anymore. I uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you could see it, but I think the chances of it are definitely going down. Yeah. And the bullpen used to – I mean, there's so many things. Some Just eight guys coming out of the bullpen some days throwing 105 miles per hour, lefty and righty. I just don't see 100, 3,000 hits coming as often. Almost like 300 wins. I think you might see a, it might be a little bit more reachable than 300 wins. Yeah. But it's I think it's gone by the wayside. I think your 2,500 hit mark is going to be more of a – like wow, that's pretty impressive. Right. Then your yeah. three thousand's almost like that's just, that's unbelievable. And yeah. Like Trout aren't going to get there. Uh, and he's got he's got seventeen hundred or so. Machado's uh, a guy who might have, he has a shot, but again, he plays every day, mm-hmm. and he kind of got at the tail end of that, you know, kind of playing. Because mm-hmm. more recent, where they really give these guys off, and the change of style of hitting really changed. He was kind of at the tail end. Right. Right. But again, he started his career at twenty years old. And yeah. He might which... have a shot. Which definitely Some of these helps. guys started at 25 years old and they got there. Yeah. Like and Ichiro. Was he 27 when he came over? Uh, and I he think got so. the 3,000 yeah, hits. Right. Pujols, we really don't know who knows how old he is, but got the 3,000 hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a different type of hitting. And I, I know it's kind of been tread over a lot, and you said it too, that you know back, say, 20 years ago even, early 2000s, you really faced three guys. Out of you know, you face a starter and two bullpen guys, or maybe even a starter and a one and the closer. Now you face four, five guys. It depends on the game, but and there are guys that you've never even heard of that are throwing frisbees, that are yeah. throwing ninety-eight mile an hour sinkers. You know what I mean? Like to be a pitcher in the major league baseball, it's it's not forgiving. No, because you are just thrown away. I got one hundred and thirty guys that can come up here and throw hundred miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's almost like going there with a like a like a car dealership. Yeah, I'll, I got three hundred cars here that can go, and a million people walking in the door. I don't need you to buy a car. Yeah, I don't need to pay the guy ten million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. To, like, oh, you you got a five year right this year. See you later. Yeah, I got a guy waiting in the miners. Those a hundred and has a ninety eight mile an hour slider. You I know? go find a guy off the street. Yep, and I got I got to figure out how to way to throw him hundred miles per hour. So I, I don't know. I, I just I think three thousand hits is going to be pretty tough. I mean, it's always been tough, but I mean, the idea of like actually having a chance at it and looking at it and go, boy, that guy's got a chance. Or that guy, you know, he ends up 2,700, 2,800, you know, Vizquel, Damon, guys were like, there, there's a lot of guys that are in that area. Right. Are we ever going to see that? I don't think so. I just think it's almost gone. Well, think about what we had in just the last, uh, I guess it's 11 years now. We had Jeter, A-Rod, Ichiro, Beltre, Miggy. I mean, these are, this is like a an era of, of guys that can really hit. Late 90s, you know? early 2000s. Yeah. These guys could hit, you know, um, different style of game, you know, that's granted, uh, hitters are definitely, you're asked more of a hitter now for sure. But, and you just, I pulled it up real quick just to look at the stats real quick. The close next closest guy is Robinson Cano. Um, he has 2,624 hits. So, you know, you look at that number and you go, well, that's actually pretty close, but consider he's been in the league for 17 years. <laughs> um, steroids and, and he missed basically a year and a half because of steroids. Um, and because he's at the end of his contract, I think he's 38, 39. And again, he started at the back half of the other generation. Now mm-hmm. you might have some tail end guys here, but any of these new guys going to get there? Yeah, it's I mean, new look, style hitting, you just get forgotten about. Yeah, you just get forgotten about. You you aren't good. See you later. Right. We will platoon you. We will send you here. You're getting sent here. You're bye goodbye. Like you just don't. Some guys they see the writing on the wall. They retire earlier. Ian Kinsler mm-hmm. was the guy who retired relatively early mm-hmm. in his career. Right? I mean, he didn't play as long as maybe he could have. Yeah. 
and there really was no injury that set him off. Like Fielder was like, oh, the neck injury kind of, and he just kind of was like, all right, that's, that's it for time me. to hang her up. Yeah, you know, guys like even like Adam Dunn retired earlier than he probably could have. Yeah, right? I mean, there's the idea of like, I think the game has just changed. Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely different from when we were watching him growing up. So it's, I just it's don't a lot think the three thousand hit mark is almost gone. Yeah, I mean, well, think about again from from where we're looking at here. Um, you know, your older guys are not even close. You know, Cano's the closest, and he's really not close. Yeah. And then and you have Joey Yachty. Joey Votto and Yadier Molina. And Molina's and done after this year. And Votto's got a year or two. Votto's what thirty eight already. He's yeah. got two thousand hits. So, so you're thinking right from right from the rip there, you've got to be waiting at least 15 years for the next guy, right? Yeah. You know? Machado or Nato. You know, maybe Harper. not 15, but, you know, that, you know, you're waiting a while. Eight it's years not to like, even have a shot at it. Exactly. So, uh, and that's if they even, you know, God willing, they stay healthy and they're productive. And, and want to play that long. And, yeah, I, I mean, not everyone wants to play until they're, you know, 40, 45. You know, some guy's hanging up at 37. He's going, you know what, I'm, I I played my career here and I got my World Series and I'm out. I'm tired you know, of the bumps so. and bruises and the 100 and 200-day season. And so, I, I, you know, not that we want it to be everyone gets there, but you got to have a chance to get in there, right? That's the, yeah, the chance, yeah. I mean, look at that decade where you've seen them. I don't want to keep going into this because we already went over it, but you had, you had, what, 11 guys you said got there? In just the 2000s? Uh, well, yeah, just, I rang off five just in the 2010s into 2020. So then you, you factor in what Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn and, and Cal Ripken and all these guys that were in the nineties and two thousands, you know, and then look at the guys who didn't get there. Omar Fisgell under hundred hits, Johnny mm-hmm. Damon under hundred hits. I mean, we had, um, I can't think of his name now, but we had a lot of guys that were like right kind of there mm-hmm. over that 2,500 Paul Knurko was over 2,500 hits, I believe. Mm-hmm. Those guys are right on the on the cusp of it. Wasn't Jimmy Rollins pretty damn close too? Wasn't he? I fairly? think he was over to twenty five hundred. Yeah. Once you know that twenty five hundred, you're on the cusp. You're right there. Yeah, that's you... a lot of, and there's a lot more guys that are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's even guys who didn't get there, but were on the cusp of it. Right. You know, I just don't know if we ever really get there after some of these guys' careers end here. I just don't see the game the way it is, and I just don't see it. You're just it's it's a what have you done for me lately game. Oh, it sure a is. A lot more than it ever has been. I think sure a lot of sports is. have been more more like that, but it's, it really is anymore. Yeah. If you're not good for me right now, you're not good for me no more. Yeah, that's you sad. Got three, four, five years, on the back of my baseball card shows out a dad year. Well, I'm going to go get somebody who's going to fill your spot or platoon with you because you only hit righties now. Yeah, I'll get someone cheaper too, yeah. you know. And that, hurt, that hurts the ability for players too. Yeah, I, I would like to see, you know, I like this – you know, that guys can get to 3,000 hits. It shows that even though we're in like a three-outcome type deal here, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that the home runs, you'll definitely see more guys with home runs. Um, you'll definitely see guys with uh, strikeout, high strikeout rates. Um, so you'll see maybe that record get broken here or walks or, you know. Um, I know Barry Bonds is, <laughs> you know, up there with that, with those stats. But, you know, it, I, I would like to see, you know, almost like a once-in-a-generation guy, at least. You know, like a Trout makes sense to get there. Wander Franco and Vlad Guerrero Jr., these young, young guys are coming up. Like, they seem prime and ready to, to do things like that. So, um, but I think as it sits right now, it's going to take a while. And I think uh, that the game is going to change again by the time that the guys that could get 3,000 hits are going to get there. So you're going to see another change in baseball, I'm sure, by then. So, and then who knows what it looks like by then. Maybe the, 
you know, maybe the slapstick style of baseball trying to just get base hits comes back. I don't know. Yeah, the LeMay, you know, Dave Fletcher, uh, Nick Magical style hitting kind of comes back and with the, with the shift going away. And, and, and it is a possibility, but I just don't know. I just don't see baseball. I, I just see records being hard to get. And then you got to remember there's a chance that this season gets cut down seven games again mm-hmm. or uh, eight games. Yeah. Go back to 154 games, and that's not going to help. Yeah. The guys hits. sit. The guys play 120 games, and they played a lot of the year instead of playing 155. Right. So. Yeah, it's going to be tough for a lot of records, and not only just 3,000. Uh, it's going to be tough for milestones and records all across the board, pitching and hitting. Yeah, a lot of records because you just forgot about. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, especially as a pitcher, strikeouts. I, I don't know if you'll see that because I don't see if people have many innings. Uh, the 300 wins. The uh, you know the saves records. I was just going to say the saves records. You just is, forgotten about. Yeah. We'll see you later. Yeah, that's why you don't see the guys like Hayter, Chapman, and and Rysel Iglesias, and and all these guys, and Craig Kimbrell. You don't see them as often well, because the they go losing, away. You were on the verge of losing Edwin Diaz. Yeah, after that Mets year, he was almost just not, you just almost didn't hear of him anymore. He was on a thread. Yeah, if it wasn't for that contract, that relatively big contract. I don't know if you see Edwin Diaz around or as a closer consistently anymore. He's mm-hmm. just floating around as a as a setup man, and then so it's it's very forgotten game. Like it's just you get. Yeah. You gotta be good all the time, or you're not good for me no more. Yeah, I struggle with that sometimes as a fan. I'm like, did you not see like a year ago he batted like 300, like, and then they just forget, and then he's a bench guy. It's, it's, uh, it's frustrating as a fan too. So, but that's just where baseball is. So, uh, will we see another 3,000 hit guy? Yeah. Uh, when? I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> very long time from now probably. Uh, so yeah. Again, congrats to Miggy though. That's a great career he's had and he has really not much left to prove with 3,000 hits and 500 RB, uh, 500 home runs so 600 doubles part of that yeah club mm-hmm. and a world series yeah so uh, what else uh, triple crown MVP two MVPs I think back to back so triple crowns on you know I mean it's uh, pretty easy to get right yeah yeah it's not, 60 years between them yeah yeah not too bad no history there We'll see what the future holds with with hitting and well with pitching stats too, because like we said, they're they're dime a dozen anymore too. Uh, so to kind of come from that into the wrap up and wrap up the news segment of the show is who's doing the best right now. So the Dodgers currently hold the best record in the league at eleven and four with a seven thirty three winning percentage, while the Mets are second in the NL at twelve and five, but they have a seven oh six winning percentage. Uh, over in the AL, the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Mariners are all tied with the best record at ten and six. Uh, the Dodgers own the best run differential at plus 44, while the Reds have the worst at minus 41. Uh, so I feel like every year we've done this podcast, I just talk about the Dodgers. Well, I can't stand listening to it anymore, to be <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, it's crazy that the Dodgers are, are this, I mean, when you have the money, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but, uh, you know, it's regular season wise, they're always top dog. It seems like they're always at the top of the statistical leaderboard. So, yeah. Well, that's just kind of that's kind of where we're at with the league. It's still not a big, big record to chew on. It's like you could really have a the, yeah. the Orioles could easily could have had a record like that, and it wouldn't you know sometimes yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and some of these other teams I mentioned are on my hot and cold list here: the Yankees, hot list, Yankees, Mariners, Mets, Brewers, Giants, some cold teams, the White Sox, stri- stricken by the injury bug for sure. Royals, Astros, Phillies, Nationals, Reds. Reds had 11-game losing streak, and they didn't hold the lead for 99 innings. Yeah, oh, my God. So they broke that, though, but they were on the cold list here. So those are some hot and cold teams that I just want to throw out there um, before we get into the players themselves. Hmm. Yeah, uh, so with that, let's move on to the who's hot and who's not section. 
Uh, like I always kind of try to do, I try to have the players of the week because they're, you know, they typically are the hottest hitters. But uh, this week, there are two guys I don't have on my hot list that I do want to mention. Miggy was named uh, co-AL player of the week, uh, obviously for the 3,000 hits. And he did have a pretty good weekend, all told. Uh, for the NL, uh, Cody Bellinger won NL player of the week, had a bit of a, a what you would call, I guess, a comeback um, week. You know, because he's been absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, all last year he was awful. Well, so the fact I think, or I don't even know if he was that high. Uh, yeah. Year. So I mean, the fact that he had a good week for a lot of Dodger fans is a couple is, fly balls might even be a good week. For him, you know? <laughs> yeah, at this point. So those were the guys I don't have on this list. But to go into who I do have, Ty France did win the other co. Uh, AL player of the week. He went absolutely berserk. I think he had like two five hit games or something. Mm-hmm. It was like it was insane. The walk off. Um, yeah. Uh, he batted 500 over the last week with an 885 slugging and a 1437 OPS. Uh, I also have Robbie Grossman, had a 500 average as well with a 550 slugging and a 1092 OPS. Uh, Nico Horner had a 529 average with a 647 slugging and a 1203 OPS. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he's no stranger to this list. He batted 474 over the last week with a 526 slugging and a 1064 OPS. And finally, Byron Buxton. Uh, when healthy, you kind of know what you're getting out of him. He batted 538 over the last week with a 1308 slugging and a 1908 OPS. So, uh, pretty good week from those guys. As well, I think it was like, wasn't it? Uh, what was the stat? It was like the furthest walk off home run ever. Or Seventy feet. Yeah. Upper deck. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a freak, and I would like to see him stay healthy longer because he is a very good player. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, Wishful so, thinking. Yeah, some other hot players here. Uh, Isaiah Conafalefa for the Yankees really turned it around after the first week. Uh, Luis Arias, that Rock Crew, Tony Gwynn type of punch hitter. We see he's uh, red hot right now. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski was playing pretty well. Unfortunately, just placed on the COVID IL, but <clears throat> we'll get there. And Eugenio Suarez, I believe he was batting like 384 this week over the How last seven that? days or so. And that's a guy who batted one, bats 184. You're like, oh, he's all right. <laughs> so he's uh, had a pretty good week here. Yeah, good for him. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty good. And and some, some pitchers that are doing real good, too. Martin Cole, you know, some hot pitchers, I should say. Uh, Madison Bumgarner pitching pretty well over his last start or two. Sandy Alcantara has been pitching great ever since last year, really, other than two starts against the Dodgers last year. He's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Irvin pitched very well yesterday. Uh, Austin Nola pitched great yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Austin Nola. Like, that's how he could be every day. Yeah, yeah. He really could be. And then mm-hmm. you get Zach Wheeler going. And Oh, uh, Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, sorry, Aaron yeah. Nola. He could really go nuts. Mm-hmm. Um. He's just got to get the consistency. I think he's not close. He's not far. Well, it's, he puts in starts like this, and then all of a sudden he'll give up eight runs or something. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He he's strange, yeah. yeah. So, um, and Roldis Chapman. He had three saves over the last seven days, and uh, I don't think he had a, I think he had no walks, I believe, or maybe one. So yeah. he's been pitching pretty well. Yeah, it's big for him. Um, but, yeah, so there's some pitchers that are that are really throwing the ball well over the last uh, seven, seven to ten days as well. Yeah, uh, some big names, obviously, there. Um, and then, obviously, we move over to the cold list of hitters. We have a few guys that are ice cold. I mean, I, I, I don't – very rarely do I – you know, I, I find guys under – all of them under 100, but here, here we are. Uh, so, the number one I have is Joey Bart, uh, zero average, zero slugging, and a 235 OPS. He's 0 for his last 13. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, that's one of Frank's catchers. Um, number two, I have Jordan Alvarez. I believe I, I just saw the stat come across the screen. He's one for his last 19. Uh, 0.53 average with an 0.53 slugging and a 1.53 OPS, so not a great week for him. Do not worry about Carl Stogato Jr. Don't no. worry about him. No, I'm not worried about him, but not a great week uh, for sure. So he'll mash five home runs this week. That's Yeah, that's what he does. You know, He comes back and says, wait a minute, I can hit. Yeah, and I think he's facing Mike. 
fantasy this week. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, thanks Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Um, number three, Adam Duvall, an 0.59 average with an 0.59 slugging and a 118 OPS. Um, he's that kind of player. Very he, yeah. cold, streaky kind of guy. But when he's hot, he, you know, you flip that stat sheet around and all of a yeah, sudden he's... He not, he just doesn't yeah. have that prolonged... Yeah, and I, if I'm not mistaken, he's a big RBI guy, too. Um, yeah. I think he, he's he usually... Knows what, he knows how to hit when he needs to hit. You yeah. Know, he knows what to do. Yeah, he's good in that lineup. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of... But you kind of expect weeks like that for him. Here's another guy you expect weeks like that from. Uh, number four, Mitch Garver. Batted 048 <laughs> over the last week with an 048 slugging and a 139 OPS. There's a guy that you kind of expect colder weeks from because he is a little bit more streaky, a little bit more three-outcome guy. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of par for the course. And number five, a little surprising, Nick Madrigal. Uh, an 067 average with an 067 slugging and a 243 OPS. One of the more pure contact hitters we see in the sport, speedy, uh, more of a traditional second baseman, you'd mm-hmm. say, um, and someone that Frank and I really like. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but you have cold weeks. So, uh, that's even if you're a contact guy, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. And some other guys here that I mentioned that were really not hitting the ball great over the last uh, seven days or so. Uh, Brian Reynolds, another fantasy player of mine. Um, don't get, you don't worry about him. Great hitter, switch hitter, but um, you know, not hitting good over the last seven days or so. Brandon Belt struggling. Uh, Cattell Marte uh, really struggled all year so far, but really not hitting the ball that great. Um, Surprised. The guy is going to bounce back here pretty shortly. He's just too good of a hitter. Um, and Rafael Devers mm-hmm. kind of been a little bit slumping here over the last seven days. Nice. There's some big names and some big, um, you know, important uh, cogs to, to teams. Right. Um, some pitchers that have been struggling. Dallas Keuchel. Really not pitching good. Stroman got beat up recently. Savali yesterday, Aaron Savali mm-hmm. for Savali for the uh, for the for Cleveland mm-hmm. got beat up pretty good against the Yankees yesterday. Um, Sean Manaya after the good start got beat up by the Dodgers. It happens. Um, and Anthony Bender for Miami out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he had two losses last week alone and had like a nine or a ten ERA. So he got beat up uh, right. pretty well there too. So there's some pitchers and you know some of my hitters there that really aren't doing that great, but. You know, this is how the game goes. Especially it's still April. I mean, you know, once it gets a little warmer out and these guys get a little more comfortable and, you yeah. know, things. They compared this right now at this point in the season to um, a normal opening week where, the, where these guys are kind of stretched out to and used to. Right. So this is about where they would be body-wise like an opening week. Okay. Without well. the shortened spring. All right. So then, you know. So again, next week it's May. You're more into the swing of things, I think. Yeah, you know, you know, there's some of these guys, especially we saw on the cold list, you really have to worry about them. So, uh, it's just sometimes you just get the cold months, cold weeks, cold start is what it is, you know. It still is chilly out in some, there's some stadiums out there where you're a little more up north. Or a little they're, more. they're cold until mid-May when you're in Colorado and Chicago and yep. Minnesota and places like that. It's like, oh, all right, yeah. Yeah, up in Boston, you Detroit, know, places like that, yeah. So, yeah Cleveland so, even off the, off the water there. Right. Frigid. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you gotta be uh, gotta be wary of that too. Some guys just play better in the warm weather. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, the last little bit here, we go into injuries. I think we had a decent injury week compared to last week. You know, I think it was relatively decent. Um, John Means is going to get Tommy John, so that's a shame. See you later, uh, Quan for Cleveland. He's day to day. They're thinking he might get placed on the IL. They don't really know yet. Uh, Aloy Jimenez. Is placed in the IL. Expect him to miss six to eight weeks with a with a hamstring. I believe what they say lower hamstring tear. Just misstepping and hit the back of the base somehow and just hyperextended his leg. I'm not really sure how you do that. You got to be careful there. You got to know how to run the bases. It just happens though sometimes. Uh, Brandon Marsh today with stomach bug. Nothing too crazy. 
Uh, but he is leading the RB, leading the team in RBIs for the Angels, which is surprising. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Altuve placed in the IL with a hamstring issue. They expect to miss a little bit of time there. Uh, John Gray placed in the IL already again with a knee injury. Josh Bell's been day to day, kind of on and off here. He's got a hamstring issue. Expect to be back tomorrow, Tuesday. But just note that he has been day to day twice now in the last three days with a knee and then a hamstring issue. Andrew Heaney, after a great start, placed in the IL. Luke Voigt placed in the IL, which we mentioned earlier. Alex Cobb placed in the IL. So those are kind of your bigger name, bigger cogs of teams that have been placed on the ILs. Right. Um, on the better side of news, Ryu progressing. Uh, Nate Pearson progressing for the for the Blue Jays. They're expected to kind of be back here, hopefully somewhat soon. Uh, we had uh, Yanni Diaz for the Rays come off the IL, COVID IL. Uh, Salvador Perez it was uh, plunked in the hand. X-rays negative. He ended up play the next day, so he's good to go. Mm-hmm. Something to take note of, though, if he misses a game here or there, might be a soreness from the or swelling from the, the hand, but he should be good to go. Mm-hmm. Giolito activated off the IL, which is good, especially for the White Sox because they have like 90 injuries right now to some of the bigger players. Right. Uh, we have uh, Ryan Presley, should be activated here pretty soon. Expect to have him back. Acuna coming to a crucial week of being at when he's going to be activated. He's been on rehab assignment, been doing relatively good at double. He stole base, which is good. No one to come off a knee injury. Mm-hmm. He should be back soon. DeGrom was getting an MRI. They don't really have the results yet, which was weird. They had them, like they looked at them, but they wanted to get another look at the re- results, which is kind of not a good sign. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and he's a guy who just always seems to be hurt and everything takes extra long. And when he does pitch, he pitches two innings and then comes out of the game. So I'm not sure what's going on. But yeah. um, their hope is that he's progressing and he can start a, some sort of throwing program soon. But he's getting another look at his MRI, which is kind of weird. And he's a Met, so you never know what's going to happen. Right, right. Uh, Bryce Harper's playing. There's nothing really too, too wrong with him, but he does have an elbow injury and he's nearly not playing the field much. They said if there was no DH, he'd probably been on the IL because he really just can't throw right now that okay. great. Um, but he is playing. He's more DHing though, so it's something to watch. Uh, Jack Flaherty's progressing a little slower than they thought. They're thinking maybe mid to end May at this point that he'll be back, but he should be back. Everything feels pretty good. Okay. Uh, Luis Castillo had a rehab start yesterday. Um, he should be back here pretty soon for the Reds. And we have uh, Wade Lamont for uh, the Giants. He should be back here pretty soon. I believe he started a rehab assignment. Okay. So there's some relatively good week. We did lose some players. We did have some big names coming back or on the verge of coming back. So I think overall, I think it wasn't a too terrible week of injuries. Yeah, John means the big one as far as uh, injury length. Uh, Eloy Jimenez hurts for the White Sox. I believe, was he the one that was hurt last year as well? Spring yeah. training, yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, has missed some time here, unfortunately. And he's a big part of that lineup, big talented guy. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's definitely some, uh, some big injuries there. I would say again, though, as far as like names and like just people going on the IL or people being banged up is a little better than last week. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of take that and, and, uh, and run with it, I guess. So as long as we can keep the, keep the names low and we'll, you know, that's better for baseball fans each week. So, so we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing here is a trivia question. We had 3,000 hits. We talked about 3,000 hits quite a bit today, um, even last week a bit. So the trivia question is, who are the two players in MLB history that hold the lowest batting averages that are part of the 3,000 hit club? And that's current. Obviously, this could change with guys like Pujols, which I really doubt. He'll get there, but maybe you never know. But currently, batting averages. Uh, who two, which two players hold the lowest batting average who are part of the 3,000 hit club? And the answers are, the lowest batting average in a 3,000 hit club is Cal Ripken Jr., he has 3,184 hits, and he's a 276 lifetime hitter. And the second lowest was Ricky Henderson 
who had 3,055 hits. He was a 279 lifetime hitter. So there's your two lowest batting averages in the 3,000 hit club out of the 33 players. Yeah. And it's guys, I guess, on that are lower on the 3,000 hit list. I guess it makes kind of sense. Yeah. Th- you know? uh, Rick Hansen, 3055. He's definitely bottom so often. Ripken's yeah. 3184. He's in a decent spot. Yeah, a little bit higher than I the average. I would say they're, they're definitely the bottom half. I mean, you're probably talking more close to maybe the bottom third. Right. Of the list. Yeah, well, definitely Henderson. But some of the bigger names that baseball's ever seen. Oh, yeah. Ripken yeah. got his own record and Iron Horse and all that. And then you have Ricky Anderson, lead off home runs, and he, tell you, to this day, he's still faster than anybody. He still should be in the league. Yeah, talk about, now I there's... I he actually ever retired, to be honest with you. Yeah, like officially, played yeah, for I don't Newark know. Bears, and he played all the way to like 2004. I know. He played MLB, and then he played with the Newark Bears. We were an independent league. I mean, he still probably still plays baseball somewhere. Probably. And he's still... Fast, so you can turn the lights off and be on the sheets before the light went out. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, um, you know, we talked earlier, obviously, about unbreakable records. There's two guys with unbreakable records, in my opinion. No one will touch Cal Ripken's record. And the steals with Henderson, I just don't see how you touch that. And he holds this. a leadoff home run record. Like yeah. 81 of them. That one I could only see. You got guys like Springer that love the leadoff I could see someone homer. doing that. Um, and just, by the way, you're Don Alvarez at a home run today. Oh, see, there you go. It's already it's started. Bat, but, uh, uh, <laughs> course against me yeah lead off home runs i could definitely see but i mean he holds that record I, he could hold that for a long time stolen mm. bases no one's touching that that's yeah they both have like an untouchable record i think he has more stolen bases maybe in his 40s than you'll see guys have in their whole careers that's just how it is well two th- unbreakable records he has a single season one and a career one. oh that's right yeah 130 yeah. a season yeah no one's touching that well you know they're gonna have the bigger bases no so it'll be a little cl- it'll be a little closer I don't, <laughs> I don't care if you put second base one step off of first base. I don't think anyone's breaking that. And then 14, what, 1408, 1406 is the career. Yeah, it's something like that, yeah. Second's like what? Lou Brock with like 900? He has like 900, yeah. Incredible. He flew past Lou Brock, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, and he'll still do it. He'll still yeah. run. You ask him to. Oh, yeah. So, but uh, that's the trivia question. Uh, relates to 3,000 hits. And I thought it was a little surprising to see those averages. They're not bad averages, just... Those two big names, you kind of think, and at least they're sitting in the two eighties, which are, you know, you think, but yeah, the two seventy six, two seventy nine, would just definitely not bad averages at all. No, but you just no. think three thousand hits, you're thinking they got to kind of be two eighty hitter in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's right. how you get there, right? Yeah, like time two eighty five hitter or so. Yeah, either that or you play forever. Uh, I don't know, you know, well, one Rick or the Anderson other. Did kind of did that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Ripken just played every day. Yeah, it's just yeah. But still, you kind of think you're like. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's that's pretty much it. Mike did beat me in fantasy two by one, one I did. category. I did. Um, but that's okay because I'll beat him later. I hope. And <laughs> I got um, my I got my first win out of the way. That's all I needed. Yeah, unbelievable. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, fantasy's going. We're almost into May. Warm weather. We're talking about trips for our own for baseball stadiums. Going to see some pretty really really cool ones is our plan. So yeah, uh, just excited for the for the year here and excited to keep keep going with this and uh, watching watching baseball kind of. Round in the form, round in the shape here. You know, we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks, but we're right on the verge of being kind of baseball. Guys are ready. You're pitching 100 pitches. It's kind of your normal day in, day out. Yeah, first month's almost over, so it's uh, kind of get up and go now. You know, you don't want to be left in the dust, especially if you're a better team in the division, or at least, you know, on paper. So uh, it's time to go, and, and uh, guys are getting stretched out a little better. I know offense is down. Um, I feel like that was kind of the case last year too, so it just kind of is what it is. But for now, baseball's been good, and we've got some stars coming back, Ronald Acuna Jr. being one of them, and, uh, you know, good things to look forward to, as we always kind of, you know, as we always kind of say during the week, during the episode. So, uh, that's all I kind of have for this episode. 
that's all the notes I have and all that we I really had to talk about. So if that's it, I guess it's uh, you know unless you have anything, guess no, we can that's wrap it. Up. That's it. Ready, ready for another week of baseball. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at real Michael Pree. You can follow me on Instagram at Michael Pree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at fdubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.